Welcome to the New Health Club podcast. The New Health Club podcast is where the conversation around the new age of mental wellness begins. I think that psychedelics will play a big part in this, since we are talking about a new lifestyle here. So what are LSD, magic mushrooms, psilocybin, MDMA or ketamine are exactly doing for our mental health and personal progress. On the New Health Club podcast, I talk to patients who have experienced the psychedelic treatment. I talk to innovators, thought leaders, and disruptors from the emerging new world of psychedelics and mental wellness. Please enjoy the podcast. This podcast deals with drugs. Drugs are dangerous. Furthermore, the use and or trade of drugs can be punishable by law. Please keep this in mind. This podcast is not suitable for people under the age of 18. Hello and welcome to a new episode of the New Health Club podcast. Today I talk to Zach Hegney, the founder of The Trip Report, a newsletter on the business, policy and impact of psychedelics. The Trip Report monitors the business, policy, regulation, science and cultural impact of psychedelics and aims to be the go-to media outlet for all psychedelic stakeholders, including psychedelic advocates, enthusiasts, entrepreneurs, investors, policymakers, researchers, clinicians, or maybe just fans of the current psychedelic development. Zach, not unlike me, started to be involved in this very young industry just a while ago, And I like the way he's reporting and reflecting in his newsletter on all that is happening now so fast in the current psychedelic ecosystem. We talk about if psychedelics can be political, can they be left or right, and why veterans in the US play an important part in the research progress for psychedelics at the moment. And of course, we talk a good newsletter and how Zach is coming up with this newsletter. And we talk about Zach and my favorite fantasy project in the future, a psychedelic morning show. So enjoy the podcast and listen to Zach. So we are here on the New Hearts Club podcast with Zach. And you say your last name again? Hegney. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. I try to pronounce it out. I mean, I always pronounce like last names wrong. That's why I write it's better. Yeah, people. No, it's a challenging one and, and you're, you're forgiven. So, yeah. um, so you have this amazing newsletter called the trip report. And as far as I remember, it's just, you started it pretty recent, right? Like maybe you just tell us about the beginning and how, why and how this all came together. Sure. Well, thank you. Um, It's, um, I, I had the initial idea about a year ago. Um, I've, I've been, um, really interested in sort of the fields of psychedelic science and, um, <clears throat> watching it over the last few years, sort of maps and compass and the various research at, at academic, you know, universities and such. Um, I thought it was really fascinating and, um, I saw this sort of groundswell coming. So I, I decided to start writing about through my understanding of, of, of the science and the landscape and uh, as a means to, you know, just a, as a kind of fun side project, I've always sort of have, I've tried to become a writer a few times and, and, and have sort of like uh, paused it uh, for various reasons. But um, I thought, uh, I thought I had an interesting sort of lens on the, on this space, just given my sort of pro professional background, which I sort of dabbled in, 
background in clinical research and, and a small stint in Silicon Valley tech, and then uh, most recently as, a, I'm, uh, as an acupuncturist and um, alternative medicine provider. So um, I just saw this sort of nexus of, of, of things that were really interesting to me, and, and uh, I started, uh, started writing about it, and people seemed to enjoy it. So basically what you're doing is like, um, I mean, first of all, you know, you don't only collect or combine information about the new, let's say, psychedelic business world or science world. You kind of also interpret it, you could say a little bit, right? I mean, because uh, I find it's a very, it's a very specific way of presenting yeah, information about this obviously very fast expanding business world also around psychedelics. So would you aim be like the Forbes of um, psych for psychedelics? <laughs> <laughs> kind of. um, well, I'm still trying to figure out like what it is. I think readers will sort of have a, you know, an understanding when I said, you know, they never know what they're going to get. Um, sometimes it's more long form sort of, you know, pieces on sort of a topic. And sometimes it's a curation of headlines um, with some, you know, some, some insight or commentary or analysis of it. Um, it's essentially just me sort of thinking out loud about, you know, what, how learning about this sort of new and nascent space and, um, the, the companies that are forming, the organizations that are forming, the tensions that are, that are, that are within the psychedelic community. Mm -hmm. Um, and, you know, it, it really, like, it's, You know, in, in, in academics, sort of like there's this idea of, of, of different disciplines sort of exist in silos, right? So you have economics over here, and you have the humanities over here, and the English department over here, and the chemistry department over here, and none of them talk to each other. And this is like, a, you know, a, um, everything is coming together in this. You can't separate, you know, um, consciousness research from the healthcare system, from venture capital, from medicinal chemistry, from... Mm -hmm philosophy from spirituality to indigenous, you know, religion and culture. So, um, it's really, uh, you know, this like nexus of, you know, really interesting topics in their own right coming together, you know, out of this like, you know, hibernation of prohibition and, and, and the war on drugs and, um, dismissal of these, of, of these molecules for, you know, for however, however somebody wants to engage with them. Additionally, healing rec recreationally or, or for fun, you know, um, for spiritual exploration. So um, there's a lot to sort of like think about, and um, I, I just I, I enjoy sort of thinking out loud about it. I guess. And and I mean, how would you say? How would you describe this? Let's say new psychedelic business world, because obviously in the last couple of weeks we've seen a lot of new investments and suddenly like really big names are in the game. And um, already there, there was this one article today, I think in medium saying like, which always is the next thing that somebody says, will Silicon Valley ruin so-and-so and so basically yeah. Silicon Valley ruins, ruins whatever is out there at one point. That's what, I mean, you, you can find that very often in media, that kind of thinking, sure. um, which is sometimes a little stupid, I feel. Um, yeah. Because it's also like a classic media thinking. The moment it's becoming big, it's going to be ruined. So, right. I mean, how would you describe the um, 
your perception of that specific business that we just kind of see growing in front of us? Um, well, I just wrote about this today, actually. Um, you know, there's a, there's, there's a, a frenzy of activity um, sort of centered in, in Canada mm -hmm. right now, it seems. Like a lot of um, sort of businesses forming or previous businesses transitioning to a, 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 a focus on psychedelics. And I've, I've not really covered them because... I, I should back up and say, I, I guess that there, there's two different types of businesses forming, right? Like as a general heuristic, right? Yeah. And I kind of talk, one is like a the short-lived bad <laughs> trip and one is a, a you know, a longer, uh, you know, growth-oriented sort of experience, right? And so there's, gonna, there's, there's businesses forming that strike me as just obviously um, opportunistic and And, and, you know, what might be called as a pump and dump sort of operations uh, with no true business model, um, just capitalizing on the, um, you know, the, the excitement of, of psychedelics. And mm -hmm. then you have other, other, another sort of group, right, that are taking the long view of thinking about clinical trials, thinking about um, the, um, the, the, you know, the, legalization or decriminalization or or these kinds of things and and those are the things you know maps public benefit corp is sort of yeah. like the sort of the I, i think of maps as like the soil that's kind of growing everything and and um and sort of giving us the um really the inspiration to, to sort of kind of pursue this um compass pathways is another one usona um is a nonprofit, but they're also you know they've been in the game mm -hmm. for For, for a long time and, and they're developing psilocybin for um, uh, major depressive disorder. So you have these two sort of flavors of businesses that are that seem to be sort of direct um, either providers or, or I guess um, developing psychedelic compounds or medicines. And then you have sort of ancillary sort of opportunities of, of whether it's a lab or manufacturers or clinics who are popping up, therapists, therapist training programs. I mean, it's really like a, it's like a full on ecosystem. And in any ecosystem, there's going to be large sort of, um, animals and small animals and, and, and symbiotes and parasites. And, and so, um, yeah, that's a pretty long winded way of saying, it's, uh, you know, there's a lot going on. Yeah. And I mean, Some people already try to figure out how to one actually came from rather from or some people came from cannabis investing um, and now are looking into psychedelic investing. Um, so do you think that's already like a thing? I mean, in America, it obviously is already, but I mean, you can see that there in, in the coming people that are come up on LinkedIn, for example, where you see that people used to be investors or like even VCs uh, dealing with the cannabis world now rapidly changing towards the psychedelic world. Do you think that's something um, that you would recommend somebody if somebody would ask you, dude, should I invest in psilocybin now? <laughs> There's definitely a crossover right, mm -hmm. from, from cannabis to, to psychedelics and There's some, there's some like glaring 
you know, similarities and the glaring sort of differences. And, and, um, you know, there's a, there's a, I would say that there's a concern of within the psychedelic community that the, the entrance from, um, you know, as a blanket statement, the entrance from cannabis, uh, into psychedelics, uh, are, are sort of viewed with, uh, with caution, right. Or, Mm -hmm. um, the, the nature of, and, and, and the cannabis sort of like, um, um, industry, so to speak, I'm not nearly as familiar with that as I am with, with sort of what's going on in psychedelics. Um, but they're, they're very different sort of tools, right? Like just Mm -hmm. they're, they're schedule one drugs. They've been outlawed. They've been pro they've, they've been subject to prohibition. Um, they've, they've been excluded from medical research. Um, so, you know, marijuana more than psychedelics so there are some parallels there but just the in terms of the the cultural place that they're at and then the the manner in which um people use them i think are are really different and so marijuana and cannabis has largely been a a consumer sort of product right um mm-hmm. the, the going through uh cultivation extraction processing retail to the end user and that's kind of gone by state by state in Canada. It, it sort of was like on, on rolled out across the country um, at a certain point. Um, psychedelics are a little bit different because of how they sort of influence our consciousness and our, our sort of our the, the altered state of consciousness from psychedelics is a very different beast than, 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 um, than marijuana. Right. Um, yeah. The utility of it, I would argue is, greater for medicinal purposes for healthcare reasons than what we know about marijuana. Um, I also think the the potential, you know, I don't like the phrase, you know, drugs of abuse necessarily, because I think that sort of is mm-hmm. a, it kind of paints the wrong picture. Um, and it's a throwback to sort of this prohibitionist sort of stance, but um, you know, it, there, there's a difference between sort of a, the kind of a, a plant medicine that can inspire, um, you know, growth and, and, and sort of, uh, change of perspective and consciousness and that kind of thing. Um, and I, and, and marijuana certainly can fit into that role. Uh, I think it also has a heightened, a higher likelihood of, of what we might call abuse. Right. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, I know that that's, you know, a controversial statement within sort of the, 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 the community, but, um, you know, um, yeah. So they're, they're different, um, for sure. But there's a lot, there, there seems to be a lot of people that are pouring in from cannabis, uh, how many or what percentage I have no idea. There still seems, I mean, cannabis is still a huge, you know, compared to psychedelics, a much bigger, um, industry, so to speak. Yeah. But I mean, it seems interesting that how, that you, even people start to write this in their profiles, like, um, coming from the cannabis world, venturing towards psychedelics. So it's just like in the last couple of months, I felt it has had increased a little bit. Mm. Um, but I mean, how did you get into all of this? How did you get in touch with psychedelics? When did you hear about it? <laughs> the first time? Um, well, you know, in high school and college, I had my sort of, you know, sort of the standard, you know, 
um, experimenting with mushrooms and um, LSD and, and that kind of thing. Um, less so in the last few years, although I'd say what, what brought me back into sort of a, an interest or like professionally was, you know, I mentioned that my, my sort of my day job and my training um, most recently has been in acupuncture, right? So mm-hmm. I spent a lot of time working with people in chronic pain, um, occasionally depression, occasionally sort of other, other issues, but mostly musculoskeletal pain. And um, my study of, of, of pain leads to the study of the nervous system, leads to the study of the brain. And things like, you know, there's a, there's a high sort of incidence of comorbidities with chronic pain, depression, um, PTSD, um, early lifehood or early life um, uh, traumatic events or, or stress events. Um, so, like, there's no, they like to, it's almost like all these things are different um, kind of parts of the elephant, so to speak. You know, mm-hmm. they're, they're, there's, there's overlap, right? So, uh, it brought me in, into, so that sort of, that line of work brought me in touch with like trauma. Um, research, trauma-informed therapy, um, acupuncture is one of a, a tool that's really used to help people get back in touch with their body. Is sort of like a is like is this is the same goes. So it's used widely in the Veterans uh, Association here in, in America. Um, so anyway, I, I I just saw this research of you know that Roland Griffiths was doing, um, Robin Carhart Heron. That Maps had been sponsoring for the last few years, that Usona was doing, and I just was like, at a certain point over the last few years, I realized like I, I got on the wrong train. I wish I was sort of doing research in in psychedelics or, or in that, you know, in the, in this domain. Um, but I also recognized like I I, I'm not gonna be a therapist. Like that's I have too much respect for that process. Um, the, and, and I knew that my skill set was not in, in that. So I needed another way to sort of transition into this space, um, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in, in undergrad, I studied you know, theology, philosophy, and biology. Um, you know, I've always had a bent towards Eastern types of uh, philosophy and thinking. Um, and... Um, so it, it felt like a, a like a natural sort of next step in, in sort of the things that I've been interested in and um, and learning about. I mean, what do you, what do you think is the most important thing right now to communicate about psychedelics? Because obviously, like um, there's already these kind of I'm not gonna say camps, but some people say what well, it should be only communicated very scientifically and always relating to studies and scientific organizations and almost like just in a very medical language and then of course at the same time you feel that how many people I mean especially now I would say um, are actually looking out for anything that could actually help them uh, to get I mean that not only to get over these times right now but just also to give them another tool that, because obviously other tools were not working anymore so and that means yeah. most people or I would say there are a lot of people from the so-called mainstream <clears throat> that would be actually like to be addressed um, 
<laughs> also if it comes to that kind oh, of new oh. medicine. So what what is yeah. your where do you start to talk about this? I mean, is it humor? Is it um, kind of um, cultural context? Yeah, maybe you could talk about that a little bit. You know, that's a good question. And I, I like the, the readership that I have and sort of the, the, the people who I write for, like are, mm -hmm. they're in this space. They're, I, I kind of consider the, the trip report readers as being part of like the ecosystem, part of the builders of this ecosystem. So they have, a, they have an understanding of it. So I don't spend a lot of time writing for the general public. Mm -hmm. um, but I mean, this is a, this is a tension within, you know, drug development, right. On, on, on the one hand, it's a tension that you, that you know, right. So the, the early research is promising and, and there's people who need it now, but, we need to sort of make sure it's safe, make sure it's effective, make sure we understand how it works. And that requires time and research and money and energy. So there's that inherent tension. Um, the, 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 there's a, there's an old guard of, of, of sort of psychedelic, um, enthusiasts, scientists, researchers, um, uh, I'm not necessarily evangelist, but there's a community. There's a long-standing community that um, of people who have been using these tools for a long time for cultural reasons, for for personal mind expansion, mind exploration, spiritual exploration, therapeutic. Um, there's the scientific sort of dump, you know domain. Um, I, this is like a long way of saying like I, I I don't know I don't know it's it's like one of them but it is like this kernel of a you know it's it's this sort of nexus or this area where that I think is so is like interesting and fascinating to explore um, you know uh, something like you know sixty minutes covering um, mm -hmm. you know the science of research um, you know John featuring Johns Hopkins. Um, Every time a every time a, a a Forbes or a Fortune does a long piece, every time Michael Pollan, I mean Michael Pollan sort of did obviously, you know, was probably like the biggest influence on on certain parts of the culture. Mm -hmm. um, so it's going to be more stuff like that. Um, and you know, the way I think about it is like <laughs> there's all these different, you know, you could say exercise like when we talk about exercise, right, exercise can mean running, you know, for a long period of time, like distance running, endurance. It could also, exercise could also mean CrossFit, could mean yoga, could mean Pilates, right? So there's these different ways that people, and they draw people in based on the type of exercise that they need and what connects and what resonates. And I think it's a little bit like that, right? Like some people are going to connect with the spirituality aspect. Some people are going to connect with the philosophical aspect. Some people are going to recognize, you know, their own, sort of emotional pain and, and, and see this as a, as a, a potential solution to that or, or part of the solution to that. Um, but we're in a weird time right now because there's a lot mm -hmm. of exuberance that I think is going to be short lived with, um, like I mentioned, like these Canadian companies that are yeah. just, it's like a feeding frenzy right now. Um, but then the, 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 the longer term, you know, businesses are going to still be doing research by the time they all, like all the Canadian companies fail. You know what I mean? Mm. So there is a time frame. There is a, 
this is this is going to be a drawn out thing, and I think you know the 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 excitement about it is going to be challenging for people who, um, especially people who are you know suffering, who for whom this could be a um, a, a solution or part of a solution. Yeah. But I mean, I'm wondering always, like, you already mentioned Michael Pollan as obviously the main the influencer, <laughs> number one, with the whole thing, for the whole new um, psychedelic use, you could say. Um, and I mean, I always try to observe, or I find interesting how certain entertainment laws are also working um, if it comes to psychedelics, because... Next week, um, on May 11th, we'll have this movie on Netflix called um, Have a Good Trip. And um, yeah. you, you've seen it already probably in, in the U.S. Uh, media. Um, and the person who's going to be quoted the most already is uh, Sting, the singer of Police, for those who don't remember who that is. <laughs> um, but it's going to be obviously very interesting that he talks very openly about LSD and psilocybin and psychedelics. And in a way I'm wondering, it's going to be an interesting experiment next week. Once the movie's out, um, if so-called, well, celebrities or influencers, if they talk about that in the way that he is obviously talking about it in, in the movies thing, if that will have an impact, um, maybe even on, I don't know, political developments or um, political partners, not even parties, but maybe decision makers who actually realize faster the potential of this. Or yeah. if it's for some people, I mean, some people say the opposite is happening, but honestly, I don't really think so. I think the more, my, my impression is the more people who are very established and very kind of, yeah, confirmed that yeah. they are successful and reliable and rich and whatnot. Um, if they are actually saying, well, this is probably a really good thing to research, then this has more like a positive impact, I feel. Yeah. So what I, do you think? I think, um, I mean, from a political perspective, <clears throat> at least in, in, in America, um, you know, politicians are beholden to their constituents. And so, If it, you know, it's like, um, we don't, you know, gay marriage in America is no longer a, you know, it's, it, it's just like everyone agrees upon it. Like it should be the way, I mean, there's fringe obviously that, that are, that are still holding out, but it's no longer a, uh, a, an issue in a presidential election, let's say. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I think marijuana is kind of going through that. Um, there's some, change that the NFL just, uh, I'm not sure if they're not no longer testing for it. Um, but the, you know, chipping away at it from a cultural perspective, I think is what, you know, this sort of bottom up type of, 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 of sea change rather than a, you know, a top down sort of legislative or Supreme court decision, um, is how these things, you know, move, you know, how, how history changes. Um, so I, I think that the, um, something like sting and, and, you know, celebrities who are, are going to be in that. I know there's Sarah Silverman, yeah. Ben Stiller, uh, Ben Stiller. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Adam Scott, a few other people. Um, that is, I mean, you know, 
that that's going to be helpful for sure. It's going to get more people interested in it. It's going to, um, I, I'd be interested in seeing what, um, you know, whether or not that's like a recreational sort of type of thing, if it was a spiritual, if it was for the purposes of, of addressing, you know, um, depression or, or trauma or something like that. So that, that'll be interesting to see. I think, um, a, 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 a big lever, a lever for, um, public, um, opinion is going to be how the, uh, veterans respond to it. Mm -hmm. Right. So in America, we've got this long, long drawn out war in the middle East. There's the number of 22, um, former military, um, personnel are killing themselves every day. That's like the number that's sort of like conventionally thrown around. I don't know how accurate that one is, but it's a big problem and Mm -hmm. it's ravaging, you know, this, this, this part of our, of our society for whom, you know, they fought for the country. Right. Um, so there's bipartisan support for, for the vets. And mm-hmm. if this, and, and I know that maps is working on this guy named John, I think his name's John Lubecki, mm-hmm. um, who works for maps and is like the liaison between, um, the, the, the military, the VA and, and maps and is, um, trying to help form these relationships. That will be a big, um, that, that will be huge if and when that, that happens. The VA is super bureaucratic, takes forever to like get anything done there from, from what I understand. But, um, it would also, it it could theoretically save them a ton of money. It would be super helpful for, um, you know, people who are suffering. Um, and it would, it would, it would reinforce a, a positive, um, connotation, um, rather than, you know, the, the, the prohibitionist and the, the war on drugs sort of, of way of, of, of viewing um, psychedelics. Well, I mean, I certainly remember driving around in L.A. and then when you stop at a traffic light, there were very often older gentlemen holding a sign like veteran can't make a dollar or something. So, yeah. right, but they were obviously still suffering from Vietnam um, yeah. Although it's like so long ago, but still, I mean, I, I, that concept was pretty unfamiliar to me for a long time until I saw them standing at the traffic light. So, yeah. do you think that psychedelics at one point could be um, part of a political campaign? Because we've seen it. Andrew Yang had mentioned mm-hmm. um, last year, I think it was, that he would be actually interested, like outspoken yeah. for decriminalizing psilocybin at least for sure um yeah i mean andrew yang was like uh, a breath of fresh air as far as i'm concerned mm-hmm. um in terms of like kind of conventional political discourse and so i i mean i hope that both like both the left and the right you know in, in america can kind of come up with new ideas because um i think as they do um as somebody like Andrew Yang, who sort of fomented as much excitement and enthusiasm as he did for someone being so out of left field, out of the blue, um, new ideas sort of get introduced. You know, he, mm-hmm. he did the most for universal basic income, which is a, a sort of an, an old bipartisan idea, right? It was both Milton Friedman and Martin Luther King were proponents of, of universal basic income. So um, it's definitely this – it has potential for bipartisan um, – support and for, um, you know, being a, 
if it's you know, it'd be interesting to see how marijuana sort of affects um, somebody like Joe Biden and because <laughs> the because uh, his his I, I felt like his uh, you know his his understanding of of the quote unquote the, the Overton window of where marijuana is is um, in the culture was was leaves a lot to be desired and his past history like the rave act is like a an atrocious sort of thing that that's been yeah. um been really problematic so i yeah i mean it it it, it feels like it's gonna it's welling up through you know blogs and podcasts like you and i are doing and it's kind of the fortune and time and 60 minutes and 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 larger sort of entities and and so and what's interesting what's great about it is it's like it's based on science right like rick Dalton mm-hmm. has a, a mantra of like you know the the system has ways in which you can change the system and the way that we do that is with science at in in, in this day and age um so it's it's really exciting and, and you know and fascinating to to sort of have a yeah to, to be watching well just Coming back a little bit, what you said about what we talked about in the political context, I feel in Europe, anything that's related to any kind of drugs or tools or experiments has always rather taken place in a, let's say, left-wing context. And it's rather unlikely that, let's say, a rather conservative or even right-wing party person a political person would actually um, agree on this or be interested in this. So do you think in America um, this is different? Because I feel that even very, let's say, classic business people now start to see the benefits. And also, like we talked about it earlier, um, the really big industry behind psychedelics could actually create at one point so the question would be can psychedelics be political would be actually the question uh, can they be political i mean in a way can uh, it be left-wing or right-wing is that even possible yeah i mean it's it will be i mean i wonder if it were to come up in this upcoming election you know here in america i think my head would explode regardless of what trump has to say about it you know i i, I couldn't even imagine what he would sort of how he would sort of wrap that. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it would be a left versus right thing. And I and I think and I say that because kind of going back to the 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 way that this could enter the the healthcare system is by addressing this bipartisan sort of issue which is like sort of really deep and you know emotional pain like that that doesn't know a, a party alliance right and so yeah and that manifests in different ways of alcoholism or opiate abuse or issues of 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 some sort of self-harm or self-sabotaging behavior trauma depression like these are you know they're issues of uh that don't know a party line and so And, that, and that's why I think, like the if the veteran administration can start to use these, if if, if it would be great if like Maps uh, expanded access program sort of was in the VA in some capacity, that would be really awesome. So I, I don't know. I don't. I don't think it would be a left right division. 
I, it, I can never sort of keep track of what the left right divisions are anymore anyway. Like, it seems like <laughs> they're changing. So, you know, yeah, drastic. It's true. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think they're, 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 because they're, we're coming at it from like a science sort of first approach, sort of, or science and other sort of approaches um, first that, and, and, and the conditions that we're talking about are across the board. Yeah. I, I would hope not. That would be well. I mean, I also like um, I think if science is involved, the chances are bigger that something is kind of apolitical in a way, and um, at least the chances chances are bigger than if it's let's say only communicated through a very spiritual or only. Oh, totally. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like you can't just. Yeah. I mean, if if studies have a certain outcome, you can right. hardly say anything against it in totally. a way. Yeah, and I, and I think it's it's like it, yeah, I agree. I, I you know it wouldn't part. I mean, from part of the perspective that I have is like acupuncture is a really poorly understood modality. I would argue mm -hmm. both within the profession and from a cultural perspective, um, and the science to to sort of study it is really challenging to do, and it faces some of the similar challenges that psychedelics face, and in, in that it's like really tough to blind patients. So to get a randomized controlled trial. Um, but because it has such an overt connotation with China, like ancient China and, um, you know, weird woo woo crystally kind mm -hmm. of stuff, it definitely has held back the, the, you know, the profession in, 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 in many regards, I would argue. Um, I don't think psychedelics has that because the movement has really sort of been like the architecture of, of this feels very intentionally created by the people at maps, right? Mm -hmm. Like they have this vision of how to, um, how to, how to, how to in, make cultural change. And you start with like the very basic science. So they've funded like how many, so many studies, um, we're focused right now on the phase three MDMA trial, but they have got a ton of, you know, basic research that they've funded over the last 34 years. Um, And they have a a a, 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 a charismatic and um, you know gen, he, we've got a mensch you know the the, <laughs> the term mensch is like such a great term to describe Rick Goblin. Um so I yeah I mean isn't Yiddish always question. like a really good Yiddish It's I feel is always like the perfect language for so many things oh God, so good <laughs> oh God, it's so good. Uh, but anyway, so I, I, I think this, yeah, I mean, it, it feels like, um, the, the momentum is, is, is you know, the, the wind is in the sails and, and it's like on, it's on course in, in, in the right way because of, of, you know, the work that, that maps has done. Mm -hmm. And, um, <clears throat> do you think that America will need psychedelics even more after the covid crisis than before or the world but i mean you you live in america you can talk about america um i mean i i mean yeah we're gonna need you know mental emotional help and 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 spiritual help and but that's that that's always been the case i think um, i mean this is like um it's turning up the volume on an issue that I feel has been growing for, you know, a long time of namely of sort of 
<clears throat> disconnection and, and emotional pain and, and, and isolation. Um, and so oh, this sort of feels like, you know, kind of like 10 X what has already been happening. I mean, in a, in a, in a weird way. Um, so yeah. <laughs> so yeah. the answer is yes it needs it more yeah. than ever before <laughs> like to i mean not only america but i mean it seems that yeah. well you know i mean part of the promise of, of 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 psychedelics is like this sort of reshaping of what these conditions are like what we call i mean every time we have a school shooting in in america like the term mental health is used and mm -hmm. i mean maybe this i'm i'm sort of talking out of my league here but It feels like we're uncomfortable talking about emotional health. Mm -hmm. we, we, you know, behavioral health is fine to use. We can use mental health. We can use, you know, addiction. But like the core, like people don't like to make themselves vulnerable and talk about their emotional, um, uh, you know, pain. Um, and that feels like, you know, if we can sort of recalibrate the fields that deal with this domain to um, put sort of what, what might be called like emotional uh, resilience and, and um, emotional uh, uh, intelligence or emotional, um, you know, uh, literacy um, that feels like the promise of psychedelics, right? Because yeah. it, it, the psychedelic experience, it like diminishes sort of the cognitive, you know, it, it Like we say, it, 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 it inhibits the default mode network, which is where we ruminate and we cogitate and we sort of think and we're thinking, we're stuck in our head. And um, the opportunity to check in sort of in, in, a, in a different way with what's going on with our, you know, physiology um, feels like an important shift that we need to make. So, I mean, maybe this is the um, the real revolution that comes out of this whole COVID crisis and also yeah. at the same time the emergence of psychedelics that this whole idea of not talking about mental health or just being embarrassed about it, it, it doesn't work for nobody anymore because everybody is mentally affected in one way yeah. or the other. So nobody could say, no, I'm fine. Like my neighbors are really bad, but I'm super cool. Nothing has right. happened to me in the last three weeks. It's actually not no longer possible. So it's like a total equalizer of mental health that just happened. Yeah. I feel. Um, so, um, but I mean, we totally got um, left the topic of doing a fantastic newsletter like you are doing. So, um, so just tell me a little bit, and I think that's interesting for a lot of people. What is the Said, let's say the secret sauce of a good newsletter these days. Oh gosh, um, <laughs> you do it. I mean, you have to know it. <laughs> well, you know, I think. Um, I mean, you, you, I. Not it's not for everybody, right? So I, I try to, you know, um, <laughs> it, it, it can be, uh, you know, there's occasional cursing and. Um, <laughs> Hunter S. Thompson you know, pictures. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it's, it's, um, I, I suppose like from a newsletter perspective, right? Like the, 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 you know, you write for one person and, and really like I'm right. I mean, it sounds, I don't know if it sounds corny or self-indulgent, but I'm writing for myself. Like I, I like to create and 
if I feel like I'm making people laugh or have insight or think differently about something, um, that's what I'm trying to do. And so that, you know, it's, um, you know, I, I, that, that, that's, that's my aim with this. And, um, my aim is to, you know, sort of offer, I want, I want to be helpful to the community. I don't like on the one hand, I'm not trying to create puff pieces that were, you know, just flattering companies or people mm-hmm. in the space. And on the other hand, I'm not looking to write hit pieces where I'm just taking people or companies down for, um, so I'm, I'm trying to straddle like a middle ground where, um, it's useful, it's valuable, it's insightful, it's fun. People look forward to it. Um, and, um, you know, it, and, and part of what that means for me is like, okay, if I, if I think something is clever or funny or insightful, um, uh, that, that's what I spend time trying to like get to. Mm-hmm. Um, and it does, and some, sometimes it works better than others. Sometimes we just say it really late and it just doesn't work, but. <laughs> so, so, so when do you think we have your media empire and how, how much time do you think? Like five years? <laughs> Well, my, I mean, the model that I'm using is, 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 uh, I mean, it, it, like, I don't, I, I, so my, the trip report is a newsletter goes out by email three times a week. Um, two of them are for, for supporters and paying, paying subscribers. Uh, and then one of them is for the, the full, you know, for the full list. Um, and that's a slower, you know, build than a, you know, other, other forms of media. So, um, it, you know, I, it, it takes a lot of trust and I think a lot of, um, uh, trying it out, testing it on before people are willing to, to pay for something like that. Um, but that's what I'm hoping to, that's, I, I would love to stick with this model if, if, if I can for, you know, for the next 50 years. That well, it's possible <laughs> for the next 50 years. Well, I'm sure there will be some other things happening in between. Yeah, sure. <laughs> so, that some people will actually, um, I don't know, buy it. And I don't know, but I mean, it's definitely not going to stay just a newsletter. That's for sure. Um, uh, we'll, we'll see. If you, if you know something that I don't know, we've figured it out in the coming years of your successful yeah. career. No, I, um, really like, I really like the medium. I like, I like writing. I like, um, um, you know, having a direct relationship with my, my readers. That's important to me. Um, mm-hmm. And I've, I, you know, I've, um, I, I don't have a boss, so and that's the best. That's the part. best, yeah. But <laughs> but do you? Are my boss. But yeah, but do you have like people writing to you? Hey, Zach, this week I was kind of so happy about this, or I was disappointed. Is it? Do you have like a conversation with people all the time? Say that again. I mean, is it like do actually your let's say customers or subscribers do they interact with you? Do they write to yeah. you saying like Zach this week you made my week it was so funny I was laughing myself kind of Oh hands down the best part about this whole <laughs> has been like meeting new people and you know connecting with people who are in the space doing cool stuff and um and sharing ideas like that that is like without a doubt like the greatest reward here mm-hmm. um so I've had people say like dude, this is garbage. And I've had people say like, this is great. Yeah, um, well. so it, it, you know, it, you, you take the good with the bad and, um, 
but it, for the most part, it's been really positive, which, you know, it, as, it, as the readership grows, I feel like the weight, like there's, I feel the responsibility of, um, of, of, of being thoughtful and, and, and delivering quality. So, mm. um, that, that's, that causes a lot, that, that's, that's, that's stressful, but, um, it's a good, it's a good stress. Okay. So, I mean, we talked about our coming project, the, the psychedelic morning show at one point. Um, <laughs> I just, the, coffee, the coffee book table slash morning show. Exactly. I, I mean, that's my dream, to be honest. Um, all right. That was a lot of fun. It was very interesting. We totally got to a different topic, which often happens with people who are actually doing interesting things. And then you want to know what they think about about other things and not about their newsletter or their company. So, um, yeah, it was great to have you on the podcast and, yeah, um, I'm excited for the next newsletter that's coming into my inbox. Yeah, well, I, I appreciate the, I appreciate you reading it and, and, and thanks for having me. This was a lot of fun. Thank you.